Hello and welcome to Cool Breeze Over the Mountains, a podcast where we chronologically step through and discuss each film starring Keanu Reeves. My name is Andrew Gormley, and I am one of your hosts. I am joined on this episode by my co-hosts. She won't give up your name because she doesn't know your name. Whitney Nelson. That's me. And she doesn't want her legacy to be a Buffalado commercial. Welcoming Elizabeth Nordenholt to the show. Hello. Hello. Wow, Welcome. I'm getting applause. This is Welcome. Great. Welcome. Thank you for joining us. Elizabeth, we always, whenever we have a new guest, what we like to yes. do is, is kind of get a gauge where you are Keanu-wise, right? Okay. Okay. I, I would love to just hear really quickly... What was like your what do you remember is your first Keanu movie memory, right? And then I don't know if you have off the top of your head like a top 3 Keanu films that you like or have seen recently. Just, you know, anything you could give us there. Yeah. Um I am currently googling Keanu Reeves IMDb <laughs> web webpage because good, 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 good. I can't emphasize enough how terrible at like actors' names and faces are, so it's entirely possible I've seen him in movies and I didn't realize it was him because I'm just that bad at it. Um, I I'm almost certain my whoa he was an Ace Ventura. Oh no, that okay. I can't read. <laughs> Never Wait, mind. What? I was like he was an Ace Ventura. No, he was in a movie called Active Vengeance. Those are two different things. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been wild. Um, oh, sorry, he was in Dangerous Liaisons. Um, okay. Definitely, I think the first thing I saw him in was The Matrix. I don't think that's super unusual. No, that's um, right, on, right on par. I was probably either too young or too stupid to like really get The Matrix when I saw it. I think that's the only time I've ever seen it. I think I, I want to say I was like 12 or 13. I was just like, yep. And like I it was like after it had already been in the zeitgeist for a while, like I think Shrek had already come out like parroting like the fighting. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is that thing that everyone's making fun of. But I yeah, I just um, and I only ever saw the first Matrix. So, you know, <laughs> you did the right thing. You actually did the right thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm told. I'm told I haven't missed much. So I haven't I have not uh, bothered to go back and and catch up on the, that particular series. Um, I have actually never seen John Wick, which I feel like everyone has except for me. So, whoops. Uh, <laughs> I'll get to it at some point. Um, I will say I uh, recently watched one of his more recent films, Destination Wedding, mm -hmm. which was kind of like this sleeper hit uh, with Winona Ryder. It is excellent. It is like a rom-com featuring two terrible people who you kind of want to hate. Yeah. <laughs> it also has what is both the most realistic and also most awkward sex scene I've probably ever seen committed oh to cinema. My. Uh, it, it's, it's a, I'm excited for you to, to get something to, to look yeah. forward to. <laughs> I'm very excited for you to get to it. It's, it's a genuinely delightful film. And it was also set in um, Paso Robles on the central coast of California, where I used to live in that area. So I was like, I know where they shot all that. So that was a fun thing for me. Um, I'm going to say that's my only top Keanu film because okay. <laughs> Uh, my other two options are the first Matrix, which I barely remember, and then this film, <laughs> which we'll talk about. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we'll talk about it. All right. <laughs> well, that's cool. 
your approach to this is is very much there. It's not colored by a bias of like having a, a nostalgia for Keanu from like one of the one of the older films. Like for me, it was Bill and Ted. For I think sure. for a lot of people, it was Bill and Ted or Point Break. So you're coming in relatively fresh here with like you know you've seen this, you've seen that, and seen this. So that's cool. I, that's cool. For a person with a pop culture podcast, I have astoundingly little pop culture knowledge. <laughs> uh, right. Hey, we all have blind problem. spots. It's okay. <laughs> so yeah, uh, yes, coming in blind here. It's it's a, a good way to do it. Sometimes I find. All right. Well, we we are happy to have you. So thank you for thank you for sharing that. Let's let's get right into this here. Uh, up top, as always, I want to mention you can find the website uh, at coolbreezepod.com. Email us coolbreezepod at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at coolbreezepod. If you like what we do, please share the show with as many people as you can. We have seen that uh, kind of an explosion of growth uh, over the past few weeks. And that is maybe quarantine, (laughs) maybe just people (laughs) being very generous with their sharing. But uh, thank you regardless of of the circumstance. Uh, I think between the people hosting right now, it's like a spoil of riches to keep you occupied (laughs) podcast wise. So truly, truly dig in. We'll give you all that information at the at the end of the show, as always. I should also note, and just this is a this is a thing tonight. We are streaming live uh, to both Periscope and Twitch right now, and I have chat open. And this is like a weird thing that I'm I'm going to try to monitor. So I see there's some people watching already. If you're into that, please feel free to add some chat stuff, and we'll try to address that throughout the episode. So, with all that out of the way. Liz, I would love if you could tell us what we're here to talk about today. Well, we're here to talk about a little film called Henry's Crime, uh, which it is about a man named Cameron Henry, and he does do a crime, let me tell you. Uh, The plot synopsis, just cut and dry, uh, after being released from prison for a crime he didn't commit, an ex-con targets the same bake he was sent away to ro- for robbing. It's directed by Malcolm Venville, who mm-hmm. also directed a film called 44-Inch Chest and a documentary series, or documentaries, uh, Portrait of a Dancer, Sarah Lamb, followed by And We Go Green. Uh, co-starring alongside Keanu are a few people that um, you may know. Uh, Judy Greer, Fisher Stevens, James Can, Vera Farmiga. I don't yeah. know if I said that right. And Bill Duke, um, Whitney, please tell me, please, please, for the love of God, tell me <laughs> what critics and audience think about this film. <laughs> All right. So this is one of the rare ones where the critics liked it resoundingly more than audiences did. There's a 41% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes mm. and a 25% audience score. So, yep. <laughs> We have a critic quote from Moira McDonald of the Seattle Times, who says, An intermittently entertaining comedy drama with a funny script and a fatal miscasting. <laughs> fatal! <laughs> fatal. Yikes. Ouch. Who who do they mean is miscast in this, I'm wondering? I'm, I'm sure it's Keanu. Keanu. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't say that because I think he's fatally miscast, but yeah. this is smack dab in the middle of that. Keanu Reeves floats through every movie that he's in without emoting, period. Like, yeah. that's what yeah. people thought about him at this time. I mean, to be fair, he doesn't do a lot of emoting in this film. It's yeah. true. Well, we'll it's talk true. about it. We'll get we'll there. We'll talk about that it. That is sorry. not his fault. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and then we have a user quote from Joe M. 
who gives it three and a half out of five stars and says, endearing, if implausible, heist movie set in Buffalo. Reeves is the anchor of the film, giving a quiet, lovable performance supported by an over-the-top con and an overwrought Farmiga. So I think he's kind of the other end of the spectrum from the the critic review. But uh, I think there's some <laughs> some element of correct about all of that. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> but there's also some stuff that I feel like, I don't know. I have, Who's going to start? Andrew. You haven't started in yeah, a long so, time. Someone, someone, someone set this, like, go, go before me. I want to see how it's done. <laughs> this is okay. Okay. You haven't started in a long time. It's true. I'm, I'm happy to for this one also. So as you may or may not know, uh, if this is your first episode or 40-something episode, whatever we're on now, uh, I'm, I'm, all about, I'm all about those heists. I, I love that genre, right? Yes. And I, for, for my entire I life- as well. Yeah, for for my entire life up until just like last week when I watched this, uh, I was only aware that Keanu <laughs> was in one heist movie, and that was called Point Break. Imagine my surprise when I watched this. I'm like, this is a heist movie. And I got to be honest, I kind of love this movie, right? Uh-huh. Oh, um, okay. <laughs> it's, really, it's, it's really bizarre because I, I I love it, and it's it's one of these things where... Uh, it's not a good movie. Like I can, I can, no. you know, both of those things can be true. I can love something and, and it could be bad. Right. So it's, this is a very difficult movie to like heist is very, you, that gives you an idea of like, oh, it's, it's this kind of thing. And this movie isn't really it's any, not. it's not any it's kind, not of, that kind thing. of thing. No, it's actually it's a lot of, it's a whole lot of nothing really. <laughs> like the first, oh. like. The first half of this movie, before he, actually most of the movie, but specifically the first half, this movie is like office space, which is just like, so it's like this guy who doesn't really, he doesn't like his life. He's just kind of floating through it. And I'm like, oh, I get, I get some, I get some vibes here. And then he decides to do a thing. He decides like, I'm going to do the thing that I got sent to jail to do. And I'm, I just, I have this friend here and this actress over here and, and, and then they do it. And it's like, oh, that was fun. It's like, oh, there's acting. It's like all these like weird, th- I'm like, I don't, this doesn't make any sense, but I, I don't know why I, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought Keanu, mm-hmm. he played it super, it's like super Zen the whole time. Like really just like maybe too, maybe too much. But I was like, I kind of like the approach. I really liked Vera Farmiga's character, how she got into it, right? Like she hits oh, the guy yeah, with the she car. Did she did? She yeah. did. She away with it. Yeah, sure. she committed. She acted very hard, but she's also like, this is such a stereotypical role that occasionally it was very cringy for me that she was doing it. But I don't think that's her fault. Right? Yeah, she did what she could, and she's she, a fantastic actress. She put her yeah. all into it. Right. I, and I, I liked it. Like, she made me laugh probably more than anyone else in this movie. I don't know if mm-hmm. it was going for a comedy or not, but it was very funny, uh, her performance. James Kahn was great, you know, as he tends to be. Uh, Judy Greer is always delightful, right? I, mm-hmm. You know, she's... I love her. She's tragically, <laughs> like, underused in everything. And Yeah. She, yes, 100%. <laughs> it's just so... It's like, give her more to do. She's good. <laughs> There's not like a ton of character development. I don't th- I, personally. I don't think. I mean, he 
he decides to do something, right? I guess there's Yeah, that. yeah. <laughs> he goes from not deciding to do anything to doing <laughs> this one thing. And he falls in love along the way, I guess. Fine. It's like an it's not an original story. I don't know if I mean as a heist person, there was this movie that was this Bill Murray movie back in the eighties called Quick Change, which had a very mm-hmm. kind of similar vibe to it. Uh, I immediately started feeling that, like as the baseball uniforms. I don't know why, but it was like, oh, it's just a weird heist kind of thing. And then the rest of it was fine, you know, like cinematography, all the technical stuff was like it was just th- yes, <laughs> that's what I say to it. That stuff, yes, it existed, it was there, um, but. I, Overall, I, I had a great. I actually had a great time watching this movie, I, mm-hmm. I, and it's it's very difficult to point to one thing about it that's like a standout. But I think the the sum it's you know the sum of its parts type situation. Yeah. So I am so I'm surprised actually <laughs> because I expected to come in here and be the only one who liked it because it's not a good movie. So to hear you say basically exactly what I thought about it is funny to me because I expected everyone to be like, this movie was not a good movie, but it was fine. Um, But it is, there are elements of like setting up the heist and getting together the team, which I love. I do like rom-coms and this is very much a weird, quirky rom-com. And I also am a theater nerd from way back as a kid. So the, the theater stuff, appealed to me like the backstage stuff and the the director being an asshole to everyone to get a better performance and all that kind of stuff worked for me too it is very slow like it's a very quiet film you say all those things you say like heist and you say whatever and it it seems like it would be a very sort of quirky fast-paced film and it is not it is a very very slow film (laughs) but uh i think the the thing that is the biggest issue with the movie is the lead character, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> what? Not Keanu's performance, but that it's it's like it's like people talked about Bella Swan when Twilight came out. She's not anything. She's nothing. She's not a person. Yeah. She is an empty vessel in which you can place your own motivations into. And some people like that because it's escapist and some people don't like that because that's lazy writing. And this movie, I feel like, did that. I feel like everyone that, you know, the director is sitting there screaming the themes of the movie into the actor's faces. And it's like, well, this is over the top. Keanu doesn't make a decision, like you said, for a huge majority of the movie. Um... I think that Keanu did the best he could with having an, a sort of an empty shell role and having to fill it because I do think that he was charming and he was engaging and I cared what happened to his character, even if his character didn't ha- care about what happened to his character. Yes. And, and I think that's all Keanu Reeves doing the best he could with a performance that is mostly silent and doesn't care. <laughs> about what they're doing. I think yes. that's a hard role for anyone to fill. And I think yes. that Keanu's ability to do that sort of inner monologue, even if in this case there is no inner monologue, gave it enough depth for him to be a leading man that was charming. I thought that for someone who I historically feel has no chemistry with women ever, he had a pretty decent chemistry with Farmiga. Yeah. Um, I think that James Conn was adorable. He was like a really adorable character. I 
don't know how I feel about the whole conceit of him liking prison. Uh, that was very, gave me <laughs> yeah. some mixed feelings. But I, overall, the theater hijinks, I liked. The heist hijinks, I liked. It was funny in some parts. And overall, and I mean, you know, Fisher Stevens is always Fisher Stevens. You know what right. you're getting with Fisher Stevens, regardless of how badly the script <laughs> is written. I thought the soundtrack was good. There's it a lot was. of... Uh, yeah, soundtrack was really good, yeah. It it really sort of drove the movie when, when the plot wasn't driving the movie. Um, <laughs> and I think that overall, it, it, it was very enjoyable for me to watch. I feel like it was the most enjoy... Most I ha- have enjoyed a movie on, like, an entertainment level in several episodes. Like, several of the last oh, movies no. that we watched have been... <laughs> Several of the last movies that we watched have been bad or good or fine or whatever, but I don't feel like I was personally as entertained as I was watching this movie. So this is a good popcorn movie. Like if you just are quarantined and you want to watch something different, (laughs) but that's not going to tax you, this is a perfect movie for that because it's not very well written, but every other part of it is really well done. Yeah, I'm going to, I got to agree. So, all right. It comes, it comes to Liz now. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, I feel like I'm about to break y'all's hearts. Um, be a Debbie Downer. Do it. You can be the voice of dissent. We need it. We if we're it. all too positive, we get shit for it. Okay, perfect. I'm going to preface this by saying that, A, this is definitely a case of good actors in a bad script. Yes. 100%. Like, they were given nothing. Let's be clear. <laughs> like, they were given nothing to work with they're just they're doing the best they can um i'll also say this i am at this point a little bit of a connoisseur of like good bad movies do you know what i'm saying like i love garbage films that are so bad they're hilarious (laughs) like uh like give me like the miami connection and like phantom of the paradise and like the room like i love that shit This did not do it for me in the same way that those films did. It just made me angry. (laughs) (laughs) Because like, okay. I took a lot of notes because I wasn't, I I wasn't sure what I would need to recall. So, okay. By the way, on Periscope, (laughs) Zoe says, go for it, Liz. So people are actively rooting for you to be me. Oh, snap. Okay. 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 I think so. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, the pacing is kind of, as you guys said, pretty slow. Um, The whole, like, I cannot emphasize enough that Keanu Reeves' character makes no decisions for the first 75% of the movie. They're like, it's almost impossible to have a movie where, like, nothing is happening because your main character isn't doing anything. (laughs) Yes, you can't have a passive character. Like, like, okay, so this will come up in a minute when I talk about one of my other bones to pick. Uh, I... I have a theater degree. I did theater professionally for, you know, several years. Um, like, like, you, like that's like the core tenant of like building a character is you have to have an actionable goal that you want to accomplish, right? And he has what? no actions at all. He is literally framed for armed robbery and never once in the whole like interrogation trial process does he go, hey, these other guys put me up to it. I literally had no idea we were going to go I thought it was on the bank. way to a softball like, game. What? <laughs> what person just like sleepwalks through an armed robbery trial that they're innocent of i did like yeah what well, i can't i think i think that this whole movie would have been different 
if they had expanded on that one line where he said, I thought it was a way out. Right. And and like, yeah, if they had spent 45 more seconds saying, I liked my wife, but I didn't love her anymore. She wanted kids. We have opposite schedules. I hate my job as a toll booth person. And all of a sudden going to jail seemed like a way I didn't have to deal with any of that. Yeah. Yes. There's so many like little good nuggets. Like if I, if this script had had like three more drafts, it probably could have been pretty good. Do you know what I mean? Like there, there's good like concepts floating in there, but uh, they just don't expound on any of them. My other thing is the whole reason he decides that he wants to rob this bank that he was framed for robbing is because um, his friend Max is just like, well, you like you already did the time for it. You might as well do the crime. And I'm like, that's not how this works. That's not how you do double jeopardy. Like, if you rob a bank and you go to jail for it, and then you go back and rob the same bank, you go to jail again. Right. <laughs> like, Come on. that's just not how it fucking works. I'm so sorry. Am I allowed to say fuck on this? Uh, yes. I hope yes. so. Okay. I realized I didn't ask and I have a potty mouth. Um, I just wanted to be sure. Um, but I was like, that's not how that works. I'm so sorry. Like, if you get caught trying to rob this bank again, you are going to go to jail again. And like, but I think this like, is part of why why the Keanu's character was so annoying is I don't think he cared if he went to jail again. I think you're probably right. Even which... though he actively said, I don't want, don't want to go back to jail. But like, well, he even gives like Max grief for like wanting to stay in jail. He's like, "Yo, dude, like, what do you mean you want to stay in jail? That's kind of weird." But but like, I I don't I don't believe that Henry has any wants and desires of his own. At like, no, any the point only in this time film. he has any fire or drive in him at all is when he meets a fiery actress who can make decisions for him, essentially. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that's definitely true. Okay. My other bone to pick, and this is just like a thing that bugged me and probably doesn't matter to anyone else. But like, again, I was a professional stage manager for like five years. I was like, this is not how you run a fucking theater company. I'm so sorry. I was like, if I ever had a director talking to actors like that, I'd be ratting them out to the producers. Like everyone in town would know don't work with this asshole ever again because he's a straight up abusive. Like Mm -hmm. I just, I was so irritated like every Mm. step of the way. I was like, this is not how you do it. And like, it's supposed to be like, a professional theater company. Ah, I wanted to tear my hair out. Um, I will say, okay, here's here's my hypothesis about this film, though. Uh, because the, the play that they are doing throughout the film is The Cherry Archer by Anton Chekhov. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Chekhov is like, it's not like something that like you overtly can recognize quite as quickly as like say Shakespeare in terms of like stylistic choices and that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff but like Chekhov is a very specific style of acting and theater um when in my degree program everyone in the acting track had to take a whole semester of nothing but Chekhov because there's like it's like there's these subtleties and stuff in it that like you just it's just sort of expected and my theory is because like they start working in like dialogue from the cherry orchard uh-huh. into the film. My theory is that the director was trying to basically make this script a Chekhov play because in Chekhov, you do have a lot of characters who are just like, oh, like they either like complain about stuff and then do nothing or they're just like totally listless in their desires. Yeah. And I think he was trying to write Chekhov and do something clever by putting an actual Chekhov play in there. And I I agree. Don't I think it was think super he was successful. High <laughs> 
<laughs> with like, absolutely no skill in making it happen. I think, yeah, I think I, you're right. I think that's what the goal was. Because nowhere else would someone say my main protagonist not having desires or wants or making decisions for two-thirds of the movie is a good thing. No one yes. else would say that. But that's so, like, Chekhov. Like, three yeah. sisters, all the sisters do for, like, the first three acts is talk about how they want to go back to Moscow. Like, that's all they're, they're just like, Moscow, I just want to go to Moscow. And they don't do a damn thing about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's all, like, this longing for the past and, like, which is just, like, what kind of what is happening in this film. But, like, Anton Chekhov executes it much more skillfully. Right. I don't think that anyone involved in writing or directing this movie has Chekhov skill to make it happen. <laughs> and so you're just sitting there kind of, like, this is not a good story. I think I liked it because I like heist stuff and I like theater stuff and I like all of the actors gave a good performance. Sure. So for me, it was entertaining, but I don't think it was it was well executed at all. And I think it's because they're we're going for something very high concept and not something that's just like, you know, rom-com with a twist. If they had gone for right. just a rom-com with a twist, it would have been a pretty good movie. Or if they had mm -hmm. had someone m much more skillful in plot um, trying to do Chekhov. I think it would have come through as being more like a Chekhov play. Yeah. It, it, like, I was like, I can see what you're doing and you're like, you're I not. get it, but you're not. <laughs> yeah, you're, but you're right. not. I can see what you're not doing. <laughs> um, I also, okay, I also, this is my last like big bone to pick where I was just like, by the end of the movie, when they like recruited the guys who framed him in the first place for the heist, I was like, why the fuck you doing that? That's yeah. the dumbest thing I've ever heard like let's get the guys who framed me for bank robbery to do a bank robbery with me and then they like of course turn on him i'm like who could have seen this coming yeah. not literally every other person in the world like, again super what? easy fix <laughs> is just him sitting at a bar and saying i don't know any criminals because i've never been a criminal the only criminals i know is this guy from high school and his gang that set me up and people who are still in prison if yeah. there'd been any kind of conversation and been like, I don't even know how to go find criminals to help me rob a bank, it <laughs> would have been it would have been funny. Fun. And then it would have made sense why he went back to the only people that he knew, which were the people that let him go to jail for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think you're right. There's just there's so many things where if they had put in like a two minute like conversation or piece of dialogue i could have bought it yeah yeah there's so much there's that just... could have been done to make this story work in a way that it just did not the yeah. only reason that this plays at all is because of the cast yeah totally yeah i mean keanu's doing his best man like he's just he's doing his best with nothing and i gotta really applaud him for it <laughs> Um, he's good at it. He's good at nothing. He is actually, he, <laughs> he's good at he it. He is. Yeah. He, I mean, like I, to, I totally bought that he was that character. Do you know what I mean? Like I was like, mm -hmm. yes, I believe you are a guy with no desires and like no opinions of your own and you want nothing and you are just a ghost of a man walking around in <laughs> Buffalo, New York. <laughs> but like. I was also like, but I don't uh, like you because, because I don't like people like that. I was like, but right. I hate you. <laughs> and it's real. I don't know. It's like he was not likable. <laughs> At least in like Jim Jarmusch stuff, which has a similar vibe to Chekhov stuff. It he makes it clear that these aren't people that you're supposed to like. That right. these are like it's very slow and it's a lot of people that are listless and directionless. But there's more of a like uh, 
pity them kind of an element, which was not in this movie. Yeah. There's some sort of commentary on like people who like live in that state. Mm -hmm. This was, they were just like, here's your main character. You're supposed to like him for some reason because he's Keanu Reeves, I guess. And I was just like, (laughs) what? But anyways, uh, I've yelled enough. Uh, Those are my feelings. (laughs) Well, I will tell you that, that Zoe in the Periscope chat is rooting you on like a cheerleader. (laughs) Excellent. Uh, perfect. <laughs> Thank perfect. you, Zoe. <laughs> yeah. I will say this. Uh, I So I know, Liz, that you didn't, uh, just based on your thoughts, you didn't agree with it. But Peter Stormare, as that theater director, was so good. I, I mean, like, he, as oh, an actor. He was great. Not He's a, always so good. Yeah. Yes. He was He was great. Like, again, this is not like a criticism no, of any no, of no. the actors in their roles. I just, like... <sighs> Is someone who spent like a decade of my life trying to make sure rehearsal spaces were like safe and collaborative. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was, I was just like, this is not gonna I'm going. Fly. I was like, I'm going to die. I want to like, and like, and like. Uh, let me be clear. Also, everyone in that fucking theater company was wrong in some way. I don't know why they were rehearsing on the stage. You don't move into the stage until like. After the set is built, I was like, there are people building the set there. Why are you all rehearsing there? Stop it. That's not safe. There are fucking screws all over that stage because they did a shitty job sweeping up after construction. Like, (laughs) do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like every bit of how they like portrayed the way like a theater works bothered me. And that's just that's just a me thing. And it's fine. And I'll make my peace with it. But it bugged me. (laughs) But yes, again, everyone great performances. Still bugged me. <laughs> mm-hmm. the, you know, both things can be true, right? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. that's it. <laughs> oh, um, I there was one other I wanted to bring up just really quickly. I he had a small part, but it was the guy who, uh, gosh, I'm I'm spacing on his name. I think it's David Costable. I'm gonna I'm butchering that. Uh, he was the guy that Keanu ultimately ended up replacing, like in the play. Um, oh right, yeah. That guy. Uh, He's a great character actor. He's done a lot of TV work. The thing that you I would probably instantly recognized him, but couldn't tell from where. Breaking Bad, probably. He was nope, Gale. No, I haven't seen oh. Breaking oh, Bad. Oh, okay. He well, I mean, beyond that, that dude has done like if you go to he's one of those guys. You go to his IMDb, it's like hundreds of credits. You know, yeah. it's just like because yeah, he yeah. just does everything, and he's very good. Even in that small little, he's like, I found something better. I, you know, I'm going to Broadway. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I like that. He was good. Do we have any other high-level thoughts about <laughs> about Henry's crime? I think we covered it. I think we covered it pretty good. Yeah, I've yelled enough. I will say, like, near the end, my notes just started being like, I hate this. Oh, yeah. Here's my last note that I took. Henry comes back to tell her to meet him in Moscow, and I hate every bit of this. <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, uh, and also a testament to just how, like, passive about everything henry is he literally gets shot in the leg and it, it's just, just like no right. big deal he's just like oh i got shot in the leg weird i, I gotta go do act four of this play now you know what though <laughs> oh like, my gosh not to get oh so uh, spoilers whatever i'm, that, I'm sorry <laughs> yeah no 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 uh, this is me saying because i'm gonna like give away the like last moments of the film when they are on stage and he's saying that interaction like meet me in moscow and from off stage peter stormare is like bring the lights down 10 and then yeah. like, he, he's like, he's like, say yes. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, that is so funny to me. No, that was very, very good. Yeah. I it was funny that. to me too. I liked 
that a lot, especially because it's so not how that character would react. In right. No, life. not at all. It made no sense. <laughs> a controlling dick the whole time. Yes. And he's so abusive and whatever that the second someone went off book, he would be like, I'm shutting this down. I'm pulling the fire alarm. You're ruining my work. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And so for him to be like down another 10. Right. And then yes. Just, yeah. Yes. It was so good. It was very yeah. funny. It's and, and part of it's that accent that he has because he's just I mean, like, it's fun. It's great. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm in. I'm in. He I, is pretending to be Russian, which confused me. But I guess only Russians direct Chekhov plays. Yes. <laughs> right. It's a rule. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that's uh, those are our thoughts on Henry's crime. Thank you, Zoe, in the chat. And I, there might have been a couple of the people peeking in there saying hi. Mm-hmm. I, I think that this brings us to perhaps my favorite part of the show. It does bring us to the best part of the show. <laughs> we are in for a treat with what comes next because, uh, well, you know, I'll just let Jack take us away. Bob Quiz, asshole. There was a time when I had the need to learn from you. Oh, what the hell do you know? Lose! I don't lose! I win! She's got a lot to learn about sportsmanship. Oh my gosh, Pop Quiz Asshole is our very own Quizzo show where our host asks each of us three questions. If one of us gets it wrong, the other has a chance to steal. And if they get it wrong, the other person has a chance to steal if they remember the remaining answer. Liz, <laughs> I can't stress how much it will affect your score in a positive way if you just remember the answers. Remember that... all three choices. Right. Okay. I just can't. I mean, okay. I know you're coming in hot here, as it were. Uh-huh. But I'm it's getting just... out pen and paper right now. I'm just I getting literally, tips. I literally lost like three points last episode because I couldn't remember other choices. Right. Or I can't pronounce them because I'm an asshole or some <laughs> other thing that happens. So pronunciation, it's, it's very important. <laughs> I have my scratch paper ready. Right. (laughs) Speaking of points, they're not cumulative. Uh, They only determine who wins this episode. So Liz has just as big a chance as coming out as a champion as either Whitney or I. This is all at the whim of our host, who I'd like to introduce right now, Charles Nolan. Hello, everybody. Hello, Charles. It's good to hear your voice. (laughs) It's good to hear all of your voices. I was just in a void of nothingness. And my name was spoken, and here I am. Sounds wild. <laughs> That's how this works. Just for the podcasts, it's it wow. was just as fascinating. He's very as this movie his was. origin is very <laughs> ambiguous. It's I wish it I could seems, conjure hosts out of thin air. <laughs> Charles just appeared to us one day. It, yeah. it was great. It was great. Some, sometimes it be like that. <laughs> sometimes it do be like that. <laughs> Charles. I'll let you take it from here. You're doing your thing. Wonderful. Well, let's start off with Pop Quiz Asshole, starting with Liz. Yes. (laughs) After sentencing Henry, the judge takes a sip from his coffee mug. What color was the mug? Oh, my God. Good grief. White, blue, or black? I'm going to... Boy, I should have paid closer attention to this film. Uh, white. That is incorrect. Steel. Whitney. Was it blue? It was blue. Oh, I should have trusted Unbelievable. my Unbelievable. The confident steel. <laughs> uh, I, 
after every movie, I'm like, I wrote notes, I watched the whole thing, I got all the themes, I can, you know, I looked at a higher level about what this was really about, and then every time Charles comes around, I'm like, why did I not watch the movie? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, feeling is hilarious. more than mutual. <laughs> well, Whitney, mm-hmm. I hope that you watched it, as mm-hmm. it's now your question. Yeah. Uh-huh. When Julie hits Henry with her car, what car is she driving? Oh my gosh! <laughs> this is literally, this is literally the worst question to ask me. <laughs> is it? A Prius, a Mini Cooper, or a Miata? It's gotta be a Mini Cooper. That is incorrect. Oh, damn it, Liz beat me to it. Liz. Uh, It's a Miata, I believe. That is incorrect. Damn. Steal, steal. (laughs) Andrew. If I had to guess, I would say it was a Prius. (laughs) That is correct. It didn't look like a Prius. It's one of those 2010 Priuses. I, I knew it was too tall to be a Miata. That was the only thing. I remember it being sort of like blocky, but I didn't think it was a Prius. That's interesting. To be fair, I don't know what a Miata looks like. It just didn't look like a Prius to me. It's a short car. Yeah, they're, they're little like, you look at it and you're like, this is a little Barbie car from the 90s. Oh, okay. Well, now I feel stupid. It's fine. It's, no. <laughs> don't feel stupid. No one is stupid. Thank you, Charles. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for putting that spring in my step, Charles. (laughs) Andrew. I'm ready. If the pattern continues, Liz will successfully steal this question. (laughs) Max says that Chekhov is his favorite Russian, next to whom? Gagarin, Barishnikov, or Gorbachev? I'm gonna say Gorbachev. That is correct. correct. I yes. actually knew that one. I, I knew thought that, that one line too. was very funny. I thought that line was very funny. It was very funny. <laughs> it was good. It was good. All right, back up to the top of the order with Liz. Oh yeah. What's the name of the bank? <laughs> so strange. Is it the First Bank of Buffalo, Buffalo Savings Bank, or Savings and Buffalo? <laughs> oh, I want it to be the last one. I think it's the second, though. And that, Do you remember that the answer second? was? The, um... It's not the first Bank of Buffalo. What was the second one? Buffalo Savings? I'm gonna give it to you. You said Buffalo Savings, and it's Buffalo Savings Bank. I'm gonna say yeah, it yeah. counts. Ooh, Charles that, is getting that soft. Is that correct? I... Th- that's correct. I thought it was okay to say the second one. If someone asked you to pick A, B, oh. or C That's on a pop quiz, you, said, you, you have to B. listen really carefully. Charles has dinged oh, us deeply. I understand. It's okay. I under- okay Apparently, I have to Charles likes you because we have never gotten such leniency. Right. I just thought it was a reasonable expectation to be like the second one. We all heard what he just said. <laughs> <clears throat> all right. Whitney. What was Julie doing a commercial for when Henry first saw her? Buffalada. Was it? Well, all right then. You don't even need the choices from me. Just go ahead and interrupt me. 
Sorry, Charles. I'm bad at that. Yes, Buffalado is correct. (laughs) (laughs) The other options were Buffalandro or Buffalo. Oh, okay. Buffalo is pretty good. That's a pretty good pun. Thank you. I was proud of it and sad that I didn't get to say it. So I had to say it. I'll be I'll be honest. Fair. That's too much. Moving on, Andrew. All right. I'll let you I'll let you go through all the answers even if I know it, which is not likely. Thank you. When Arnold leaves the show for the West End opportunity, which character is he leaving to play? Is it A, oh. Biff Loman? B, Happy Loman? Or C, Willie Loman. Someone is going to steal this off yeah. me. Yeah, uh, someone uh-huh. is. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I didn't pay uh-huh. attention enough. Uh, Willie Loman. That is correct. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. Damn. <laughs> that never happened. I knew that one. <laughs> oh. I did too. Damn it. I, well, I'm the uncultured swine on this podcast. There can be only one. Like, you don't get through a very expensive theater school without reading Death of the Salesman, so. Back up to the top of the round for the final round of regulation questions. (laughs) Oh, boy. Liz. When Henry and Max approach Joe at the setback inn, what team's jersey is he wearing? Fuck me. (laughs) (laughs) Is it the Buffalo Bills? The New York Jets or the Buffalo Sabres? Oh my God! Uh, oh boy, um, I'm just gonna say Buffalo Bills. That is incorrect. Yeah, I kind of figured it would be Steel. Whitney. The Buffalo Sabres. That is correct. Nice. I didn't recognize that one. So I feel I, like I, I would have remembered if it was the Jets, and I have no idea what the Bills or the Sabres are. <laughs> I know right. jack all about sports. So. Yeah, same. You're in great company. <laughs> <laughs> and Charles knows that too. Yeah. The Buffalo Bills are a lackluster football team, <laughs> and the Buffalo Sabres are a lackluster hockey team. Perfect. <laughs> Whoa. Buffalo's got it all. <laughs> Except a championship from <laughs> any professional sport. Oh, oh, Charles wow. is bringing the heat. Woo. Woo. Spicy. Spicy indeed. Whitney. Yes. Where does Henry suggest he and Julie meet up after the heist when he tells her he's got to do it on opening night? A. California. B. Belize. Or C. Acapulco. California? That is correct. Nice. Nicely done. That was so... That was so clear plot point in my mind that I was like, this is a trick question. Did I miss Acapulco somewhere? <laughs> right. That's something you, you tend to remember when it's said in a movie, just for whatever reason. It's a very memorable place. <laughs> Name-wise. <laughs> for the final question of regulation, right. Andrew. Here we go. How many times does Henry ask Joe to stop the car at the end of the movie? Fuck. God damn it. <laughs> is it four, five, or six? I'm going to go. I, I feel like it was just a few times, so I'm going to say four. That is incorrect. Steal. Shit. Liz. Uh, I'm going to go with my gut and say six. That is incorrect. Damn. Steal. God damn it, Whitney. Whitney. 
Was it five times, Charles? <laughs> it was five times, Whitney. <laughs> Unbelievable. My gut is misleading me today. <laughs> <laughs> Who would know that, though, Liz? Who would know? Well, Charles. Obviously. I would know that. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And now we have three bonus questions. Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh Boise. Oh, Boise. <sighs> okay. Now, as the way that the bonus questions work, these are not directed to any one person. Everyone gets to buzz in, and the first buzz I hear gives me the answer. I'm well aware of Whitney's and Andrew's buzzes. Liz, what does your buzz in sound like? Oh, can I just say buzz? <laughs> you yep. you can. Okay. I mean, I don't have any other I don't have anything here that makes a good noise with me. So, That's... I'll just say buzz. Great. <laughs> Andrew, would you like to remind everyone of your buzz in sound? It's uh it's the it's the sound of it's bzz. Uh. <laughs> Whitney, would you like to remind everyone of your buzz-in sound? Me. <laughs> uh -huh. Perfect. For the first bonus question, how many theaters showed Henry's crime during its opening weekend? What? Was it one, two, or three? <laughs> Andrew. Two. It was two. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Oof. That's a big ouch. That's a big ouch. Yes, it is. Boy. <laughs> I will not tell you how much it made because there might be a tie and we might need that information. <laughs> okay. Okay. What you're saying, though, what I'm picking up here is there's a reason why before watching this, all of us were like, what the hell is this movie? I've never heard of it before. Yep. Right. <laughs> that is correct. <laughs> it didn't even have a chance. <sighs> Bonus question number two. One of the armored truck drivers guarantees that he'd put the bills back in the Super Bowl in how many seasons? Oh, Me. God. Is it Whitney? Two? Two seasons is correct. Yeah. Oh, nice. Whitney. Very impressive. <laughs> See, you really I remember it. thinking that two wasn't very many seasons for anything, but. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't yeah. that the truth. The final bonus question and all around question of Pop Quiz Asshole. <laughs> when Henry arrives backstage while Eddie is betraying everyone. <laughs> he says, welcome to the party, and calls Henry by a famous actor's last name. Which actor's name was it? Was it Brando, Fonda, or Khan? Me? Andrew. Fonda. That is incorrect. Shit! Whitney, I also heard you buzz in. Yeah, was it Brando? It was Brando! Oh my god! So, well done. after a very. Fonda would have been funnier, though. Fonda would, would have been, been funnier, very though. funny. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. This movie needed like three more drafts. Yeah. <laughs> it could have been a really good movie. Just It had the potential and left it all at the door. <laughs> I don't know if it was even close to the door, but that's fine. <laughs> well, after a very exciting round of Pop Quiz Asshole, I have 
the winner. With a score of seven points to four points to one point. <laughs> our episode winner is Whitney Nelson. Excellent! You did it, Whitney. Congratulations. I did it. I did it. Oh, my God. I love the wind music. <laughs> Thanks, Bill and Ted. <laughs> Thank you, Wild Stallions. <laughs> I'm going to fade that out. I mean, it's pretty great. but It's you know. oh, very good. There's like a minute and a half of it. And I don't yeah, know we if don't we need, need a minute and I don't, a half. Do we need yeah, the, I, I mean, maybe we do celebrate for, at some, when I win, maybe we celebrate for that long because it happens so infrequently, but you know. I was going to say, I'm prepared for that to happen <laughs> in 2022. <laughs> oh no! I hate it. I hate it. Well, Charles, thank you as always for coming in out of the ether, wherever you appear from, to assist us with this. This task. Thank you so much for summoning me from the ether <laughs> to assist you with this. <laughs> this is the highlight of my week because the rest of my week is a black void of nothingness. <laughs> right. Except occasionally I can log on to Twitter. <laughs> right. That is true. At the Nolan on Twitter. At the Nolan. N O W L I N. Oh, Boise. So do that. Do that. Thanks again, Charles. Thank you so much. I'm going back into the void now. <laughs> Goodbye. <Okay>. Goodbye. <laughs> God, Godspeed. Zoe, uh, Zoe said there's always time for kiss. That's very true. That's mm -hmm. very true. All right. Are we, uh, are we ready to get into the just the deep dive for Henry's crime? I can tell you it's about two paragraphs yeah, according to IMDb. Wrap it up in 10 minutes. Here we go. We got this. It's, it's super... <laughs> Incredibly straightforward. This nothing movie surprisingly has a nothing synopsis. Working the night shift as a toll collector in Buffalo, Henry is a man without ambition, dreams, or purpose. We've discussed this. <laughs> uh -huh. A man sleepwalking his way through life. No lies his detected. <laughs> oh, no. His wife, Debbie, as played by Judy Greer. She is not happy with this. You could, you could say their, their interaction. She's not very happy. From their interaction alone, not to interrupt your no, 10 no, no. minutes of, of I think from <laughs> their interaction alone and how well they did the unspoken tension and unhappiness shows how good of a movie it could have been. Yes. Yeah, totally. I think the fact that Judy Greer did such a good job, that Keanu Reeves did such a good job, I think that his avoiding the question of having kids and the way that that happened and getting in the car to go to the softball game and she knew that's what he was going to say yes to before he even did it, like... That whole scene, there was so much subtext and it was all executed beautifully and the rest of the movie could have been like that. Could have, you know. But was Luke. not. <laughs> Look, sometimes you don't get what you want. <laughs> right. Sometimes you get this instead. Yeah. I'm sure the director wanted it on more than two screens, but hey, you know, that's, <laughs> that's the way the cookie crumbles. Uh, one morning... Uh, Eddie, a friend, drops by to ask Henry to play in a baseball, was it base, soft, softball, baseball game? Whatever, it doesn't matter. Too, yeah. yeah, they're in jerseys, right? You're like, oh, they're going to play the game. It's actually right when they're in the middle of having um, uh, Debbie and uh, Henry are in the middle of having this conversation about kids. So they're kind of sidetracked. Henry agrees to let's let's go play some ball to maybe avoid answering this question. 
as they drive to the game in Henry's car, Eddie asks him to stop at an ATM. Uh, but Eddie and the other two people that are in the car at the time uh, go to rob the Buffalo Savings Bank. And Henry is arrested. He's the only one of them that is arrested for just sitting in the car, the getaway car. Rather than give up the names of the real culprits, Henry takes the fall and goes to jail for them. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't do anything. He's just kind of going with the flow. There he is uh, celled up with Max. This is played by James Caan. He's a, uh, a confidence man. I really like that aspect. He's like a, a confidence man. Mm-hmm. I don't like the term con man. Right. He was good at the confidence, but not so good at the swindling or however he phrased that. Mm-hmm. Uh, regardless, Max, he, he's like, he loves being in jail, right? That's where he, he calls it home. He's like, this is where, this is me. This is my home. But uh, he also helps plant this idea in Henry's mind, right, uh, about finding purpose, right, about having a dream. And he asks him, what's your dream? And, and at the time, Henry doesn't have an answer. He doesn't have a purpose. Uh, we also find out Debbie decides to divorce him, right, which is uh, a bummer. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's okay with it, right? He's like, I just want you to be happy. And it was, and as Whitney said, it's, it was very clear that they were not in love, right? They, or they had fallen out of love by this mm-hmm. point for whatever reason. Uh, she goes on to marry Joe, who was one of the of the other bank robbers. Was that? No, mm-hmm. he was the guy he, who was sick. He was throwing up. Right. He was the guy. He was the sub. <laughs> so mm-hmm. he didn't. Yeah, he was going exactly. to rob a bank, but whatever. So it cut to 18 months later. Uh, Henry is being released and he finds his purpose. You know, having done the time, he decides to do the crime, which makes total sense. Just, I like the, the, <laughs> the holes in that logic are just so I profound. Know. Again, I think that this could have played if you showed him not caring that he lost his wife to the guy who vomited in his yard. If right. you show him... Not wanting, you know, like if if there was a conversation of, well, I hated the toll booth, but I don't know what else I want to do. The only thing in his life was that bank that put him away in jail. So turning that into a plot point of like, this is the hill I have to climb, you know, like this is this is the peak of of what has changed my life. So I'm going to rob it for real. If they had been any even 15 seconds of dialogue that said. This is the only thing that's ever made a difference in my life. So I'm going to rob it for real now. It mm-hmm. would have changed the whole movie. Instead, he just is like, thanks for the beer, Joe. Uh, I'm glad that you married my wife and knocked her up. A- <laughs> right. And then he wanders around town just... for a minute. And then he's like, I'm going to rob a bank. Yes, that is that is the that is the series of events that happens. Right. He go, he he saunters back to the bank. Right. Mm-hmm. And. uh He's crossing the street and he gets hit by a car, which was uh, unexpected. I never <laughs> expect even... people to get hit by a car in movies ever. I should. It's because it's because he just walks into the middle of the street. Just right. like it's not he's crossing the street. He just walks into the road. <laughs> yeah, no, he's aimlessly wandering like he does right. through the rest of his life. <laughs> so in the car, going, <laughs> in the car is Julie that's played by Vera Farmiga. She gets out and starts yelling at him. And I thought that was so funny. She's like, what the fuck are you doing? Watch where you're going. I hit you. It was it was awesome. I really enjoyed that. 
ultimately, he's okay. She takes him to, uh, I believe it's the cafe. They sit down. He's fine. While in the cafe, he goes into the bathroom. He sees that on the wall of this cafe is uh, kind of these schematics for a, what would be a bootleggers tunnel that ran from the theater to the bank, which was right across the street. And he's yeah, like, it was like a post-prohibition news article about how they yeah. brought down this smugglers gang or whatever. But there was a drawing of the bank and the theater and how they were connected. Yeah, there's like there's this tunnel underneath, and he's like, huh? And he's putting all these things together. He's like, well, I decided to do this thing, and then this falls in my lap. Great, great. So that what he needs now is he needs a partner, and what he decides to do is convince Max, right? who is like long overdue for parole, right? Because he just acts like a crazy Charles Manson type person whenever he's up, he has to make his argument. Uh, he's like, look, I need you to help me when your parole hearing comes up. Just say what they want to hear and you'll get out. And he does. There's a little bit of relationship stuff between Henry and Julie that starts to develop. They, they cross paths a number of times. Uh, and what ultimately ends up happening is Max tells Henry, he's like, hey, to really get into this thing, you should become an actor in the Cherry Orchard, which is happening in this theater <laughs> that Julie is the lead actress in, right? Which is fine. That's good. That's good. He's a natural. He is a natural. He's the guy off the street. He's a natural. So Max uh, sets up this very elaborate hoax to convince the current lead actor that he got a better gig somewhere in New York, I believe. No, the West End. The West End. That's it. So he, that guy presumably up upended his whole life. Flies <laughs> to London <laughs> with no job yeah, there. And doesn't have a job. Ouch. Ugh. Ouch. Um, Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, but that allows Henry to step into the role, uh, which he had been like rehearsing for shits and giggles with Julie at night. You know, it was just like a funny thing. That's like kind of their, that was their connection point. They realized that they, you know, through a series of things, they find the tunnel, but it's like, filled to the brim with dirt and they're like we're gonna need more hands so keanu's like hey i got an idea let I me go ask the, <laughs> let me go ask the guy that married my wife <laughs> <laughs> which is I, he, he's so likable i can't help it he's, he's just like going along with the whole thing uh they recruit him he's like i'm in i'll help and so they begin while rehearsals are happening both max and uh it's not Eddie, it's uh, the other, Joe, right, are digging dirt out of this tunnel and sending it up to the roof of the theater, you know, very secret, secretively. It's pretty cool. Uh, unfortunately, Joe, you know, he can't hold his liquor. He, uh, he leaks this to, uh, to the character played by Fisher Stevens, Eddie, and Eddie's like, well, I'm getting in on this. And that was the guy who originally tried to rob the bank the first first go around as well. He was the quote unquote brains behind the last operation. <laughs> right. right. That went terribly wrong. <laughs> and then just, uh, you know, as they're they're doing the scoping, like we are like we are almost right there. Right. They just happened to stumble across Frank, who was the guard that arrested Henry in the beginning of the movie. And he says, hey, this bank did me dirty. You know, he, he gives this very, very sad story and they're basically forcing him into retirement. But he's like, I know the codes. I can make sure that the cameras and all this stuff is off uh, just as long as he gets his cut. He's got his reasons. It's like, OK, great. So they, they go through with it during the actual robbery. Right. 
Eddie uses a gun. And no surprise here at Liz called this. We, I think we all saw this coming. Mm-hmm. Eddie, the original heister, was like, I'm taking all the money for myself, suckers. Yeah. Uh, but he's, he's like, overpowered. This is my job now that it's done. <laughs> right. This, and I'm like, this is a, I hope this isn't how this movie ends. I wouldn't have liked it if that's how it ended. That would have been shitty. But I would have. Uh, he's ultimately overpowered by uh, Max and Joe down there. And he's left behind in the vault as the three uh, are making their escape. Right. Henry says, you know, he's having second thoughts. He's like, stop the car. Henry wishes Max well. Uh, Henry returns to Julie to finish the play, but ultimately also like derail it in in a weird way. (laughs) Yeah, the play is like done, essentially. It's like the last lines of the play and he runs through the audience and jumps on stage and he's like, meet me in Moscow. (laughs) And everyone is like, what is happening? This is not a thing. Except for the part where everyone then stands up and starts like yelling at her to say like right. that she'd go to Moscow. Yeah. I was go like, on. "What is happening?" Go to Moscow. It's like, no, that's there's no audience participation. Go with Don't do them, that. girl. It made it. I just it made me so upset, y'all. Just so upset. That's and, and that's where it ends. She, you know, they are they are less than an inch apart. Their faces are less than an inch apart. They are not kissing, but I think I think. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe the the last words are "Oh fuck, Henry." I think, <laughs> I think that's it. And then it cuts to black, and we get credits. Mm-hmm. That's the movie. That's it. It's that, really that's it. That's it. There's a tunnel. They dig the tunnel. They do the job, and you know, everybody goes about their day. Mm-hmm. The like pacing in this movie is so disjointed. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was I was starting to get really into it in the last like twenty minutes. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like last right. time well, I was like, now we're cooking, and then they're like, the last now twenty we're minutes done. are when Keanu makes decisions. I know. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. The you're second not that he does something because he wants to do it and not because of some other outside influence, the movie picks up immediately. Mm. Yeah. Let me ask both of you this: being theater people. What did you think of when Keanu turned it on, as in, like, acting in an acting situation, right? He's an actor in this movie acting as an actor on stage. Was did, What did I think you... of his, like, checkoff performance, eh, basically, I mean, in the film? I don't want it to be that harsh, but yeah, no, did you Are you did talking perceivably... about when he was playing the role or when he yes, got up on yeah. stage and yes. was like, come away with me? Which one? Uh, when he was playing the role as written, right? Like the the checkoff role as written. You know, there was like a perceived, like to me, and I, again, not being familiar with the source material, uh, I was like, oh, so there was like a, for me, there was a switch that flipped. I was like, this is, this is better, right? <laughs> like this is, yeah. <laughs> this is, this is Keanu plus five, right? Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Did you, did yeah, either yeah. of you pick up on that also? Or is it just me? Uh, he was definitely making decidedly different acting choices mm-hmm. uh, when he was uh, in the Chekhov play. Like, they kept being like, he's a natural at it. I think, it, to me, it felt like he was still playing at that, like, he's not, like, a great actor. Yeah. But it felt like a choice that Keanu, the actor, was making of, like, this guy's never acted before. He's not going to be great. But, like, he was still distinguishing the two characters. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that actually worked for me a lot. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You feel that way too, Whitney? Like that's I feel that's about exactly right. that way. Like it, it, it was definitely, it worked for me. I think that he did a good job with like delineating the two and and 
having the guy on stage not necessarily know the ropes of being on stage, but not be bad at it. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. We know like his history in real life is also, I don't know about this period of his acting career, but certainly earlier on, he did do a lot of stage performing like Shakespeare and stuff like that uh, in Canada, I believe. So yeah, that sounds um, right. Yeah, so it's kind of a cool. It's it was just kind of cool to see. It's like, oh, that was Henry, but this is a new guy, and it's mm-hmm. you know, just in the span of a second. Pretty neat. Pretty neat. So, Whitney, mm-hmm. uh, do you ultimately recommend this film as as something? Uh, someone's like, hey, should I watch? Uh, should I watch Henry's Crime? Yes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Look at this. I definitely would give the caveat of it's not a good movie. But I think out of everything that we've watched so far, obviously you recommend John Wick. Obviously you recommend The Matrix. Like you you recommend those, but people know about those. The only movie that I, I think we've seen so far that is under the radar and that I wished I had seen sooner is this movie. So I think out of anything of like me, wow. me proactively telling people about it, this is actually the one that I might say, you know, because people will ask at the end of this, you know, out of all the Keanu movies, you watched every one, which one should I see? I think this one, because there's no other way that you would see it. Mm. Not because it's the best one by far, because I think it's not a great movie. I enjoyed yeah. it personally, but it's not well written. So it's definitely not a like, yes, you have to see it. It's a great movie kind of a thing. But like, what should I have seen that I haven't seen? I think this is top of the list so far. Interesting. Wow. I think all the other movies that we haven't heard about, when we were like, I have no idea what this movie is, have been middling at best or bad. <laughs> Good. I this was going to say was, middling is generous <laughs> for some of them. This one was fun and I had no idea it existed. That's great. That's great. Hmm. Uh, not to not to bury the lead, I would also recommend seeing this film. Uh for for most of those same reasons, not not so much the obscurity, just uh, you know, it, it was fun. If you like these actors, you'll probably like this movie. It's a lot like it. It's not exactly like our our last movie, Pippa Lee, but similarly, where it's like the story was like, eh, but the performances <laughs> were were astounding. So th- that's kind of this one I had more fun with than Pippa Lee, though. So that that means that ranks highly for me. If I laugh, I have fun. I'm going to recommend This is a perfect movie for like a sick day or quarantine or whatever when you're like, <laughs> my brain can't handle any new information, but I want to be entertained. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So Liz, no pressure. Yeah. Would you recommend someone watch this movie? Uh, no, I wouldn't. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, hold on. I'm checking something. Oh, it does. Interesting. So my partner, Brad, has this theory that... On IMDb, there's like a threshold where a movie is unwatchable. If it's below <laughs> a certain, if it's above a certain number, it's obviously great, right? Yeah. But if it, there's a certain number where if like it's below it, it turns into so bad that it becomes good. Like it doubles back around on itself. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. We I love just... the so bad it's good here. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, like I said, those are my bread and butter. And I'm really, I'm I'm basing this decision based on like my group of friends where we are always like, let's watch some like really terrible 80s film or whatever. Like let's watch a terrible movie together. I'm basing it on like, what do we have fun watching this together? And the answer is no. Right. <laughs> we would not. It's like, 
It's like bad in ways that just make me angry, <laughs> not in ways that I find absurd. Uh, it is rated six, uh, 6.0 on IMDb, which I think is like, I can't remember the exact numbers. I want to say it's like below a three and above a seven is like the watchable territory based on my partner's like parameters and anything in between there. Like, don't bother. Uh, <laughs> Interesting. But I, okay. I, I can't I can't remember the exact numbers he uses, but uh, it might fall in there. I'm not sure. But yeah, I just I don't know. Like it just like it didn't have like the components of like a rom-com that I like or a heist that I like. And I it like the pacing is so slow that like I was honestly just bored a lot of the time. And it was like boredom was interspersed with like bouts of rage. <laughs> being like, Why? <laughs> Why are you making these choices? Why are you making no choices? Um, so that's going to be a no from me. Fair. Boredom with spouts of rage. <laughs> Let's put it on the cover of the box. <laughs> that, you can quote it. me on that. Yeah. Uh, so given that, uh, that has all been logged, uh, Whitney, <laughs> uh, where are you putting this on your Keanu ranking? I wonder. I'm putting it at number 15. I'm putting it below the lake house, but above chain reaction. Interesting. Interesting. Um, I'm going 17, which is okay. below the lake house and above a scanner darkly. Yeah. On the upper side of good, uh, you know, on the upper side of the middle, <laughs> right? Upper middle. Right. As yeah. It were. No, we've, we've watched how many movies? We've watched 46. So, yep. yeah. Upper side of middling. Good. Upper side of middling. There upper it is. side of middling. So, Liz, based on your current uh, Keon. <laughs> <laughs> Based on the ones you've seen, is I'm I'm assuming less. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Good. My I think my Keanu ranking is now at a total of three films, so it's gonna be at the bottom. Three out okay. of three. Okay. <laughs> three. Yeah. Perfect. So yeah, yeah. Perfect. Love it. Let's talk next week. Uh, Whitney will be walking us through. Um, another movie that I assume maybe only played on two screens because I never heard of it. It's called <laughs> Generation, Generation um. um. So I'm assuming that you haven't seen this, Whitney. I have not seen it, nor have I heard of it until now. I have now. It actually auto-played when uh, I walked into the kitchen to get a drink when through the credits of this movie. Yeah. And... Then it started auto-playing, so I saw maybe the first five seconds of Generation Um just today. <laughs> well, there you go. Right. I don't, you have an advantage. We have to account for that for Pop Quiz next week. <laughs> You've technically seen it twice. No, uh, <laughs> I've, I've never seen this. I've never heard of it. I don't even know any of the actors in it. So, mm -mm. Uh, you know cautiously optimistic as always but you know i am almost always optimistic this time i am not optimistic and i blame those first five <laughs> seconds oh no <sighs> god damn it wow <laughs> boy <sighs> all right well i guess uh next week we'll uh we'll get into that <laughs> yeah we'll all find out won't we? we'll see yeah i um have to watch more of it to see if my first Judgment, you know, they say don't judge a book by its cover. Maybe don't judge a movie by the first five seconds. <laughs> right. But if they were really bad, I mean, I don't know. I mean, they weren't like gouge my eyes out bad. 
boy, what would a movie have to do in five seconds to make you want to gouge your eyes out? I don't know, but it'd probably be pretty severe. Right. Well, that brings us to the end. We did it. We got through it. Liz, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Can you just tell people where they can keep up with you on the internet, what you're doing, other podcasts, that sort of thing? Yeah, of course. Um, so you can find me on Twitter at the loveliest Liz. Uh, there are other Liz's, but I'm the loveliest of all of them. Uh, so you can follow me there. Uh, I currently co-host two different podcasts. One is called Your Fave is Problematic. Uh, it's sort of an examination of the intersections between pop culture and social justice, uh, where we take a look at our faves and see how problematic they are it's a i promise it's a fun time uh because most of the time there are faves too so uh (laughs) you've done a lot since then but i think the friends episode is still one of my favorites oh yeah friends is good Uh, to this day i think my favorite episode we did was love actually um, because i love that movie so much and it is is so (laughs) problematic but i love that movie yeah um but uh there's that so it's your fave is problematic and uh the other podcast you can find me on is fmk all day uh every week in 15 minutes or less we play no holds bar fuck mary kill um (laughs) it's immensely weird uh it's absolutely not safe for work um it's a really fun time so if that sounds like a thing you're into have at it (laughs) fantastic awesome all right, Whitney, where are you at? Uh, well, I don't have Lindsay to do my dirty work this week. <laughs> I so know. I you've am... got to shoulder this yourself. <laughs> I am at Whitney underscore Nelson, N-E-L-S-E-N on Twitter. And through that, you can find all the other stuff that I do. Most notably, Historical Hotties is my other podcast where we talk about different historical figures throughout history and then judge them based on more than just their looks. But we also include the looks. And we just recently <laughs> did Equestrians, and that was actually a really good episode. Um, I'm not, I don't remember which one's coming up next. Sculptors. Sculptors is also an interesting one, but Equestrians was really fun because they're two badass ladies that we talk about in Equestrians. So check that nice. out. I also uh, occasionally appear on Almost Better Than Silence, which is a video games podcast, and I'm trying to get on there again soon to record because i've been spending all of my time playing slay the spires and i want to talk about it with video game people so there you go (laughs) look for me there all right all right uh you can find me most places on the internet at dark driving twitter instagram are the two best places i post uh infrequently but there uh and uh check me out over on youtube at the primary storyline where i am teaching video editing and we do this live so it's a very collaborative thing people ask questions i answer them to the best of my ability it's great for the quarantine when you can't go (laughs) ask someone an actual question we have to do this thing digitally so a lot of fun a lot of fun you know considering we're all contained in houses yeah thank you uh listening and commenting audience too i saw you i'll be better about calling out the funny things that you're saying the whole time so zoe you're the real mvp MVP. thanks for for having my back zoe (laughs) (laughs) she was fiercely on your side excellent yes i wish i had the periscope open so i could have read the stuff so thanks zoe you're the best (laughs) (laughs) so With that, thank you all for joining us. And in the words of Bill S. Preston and Ted Theodore Logan, be excellent to each other and party on, dudes. Party on.